0: in old school games life is cheap don't be a dope bring your pole oil and rope and try not to go down in a heap hey everybody welcome back to the down in a heap podcast i'm your host rob podcasting to you live on new year's day 2021 happy new year but I'm live from New- <laughs> Northeast Minneapolis, as usual. Probably always will be. <laughs> God, that's weird. I've, I think I've lived in Northeast Minneapolis now for 27 years. More than half my life. Crazy. <laughs> anyway, I had a call from uh, Joe Richter from the Hindsightless podcast a while back. And I thought about doing a, like I said, I think in my last episode or a couple, uh, who knows, whenever. <laughs> I think I said it, that uh, he and Jason had some kind of thought provoking messages. And while I could uh, address them all in one mega podcast, I thought it'd be better to break it up into a couple little ones. So take it away, Joe. Welcome
1: to the penthouse, Fendar. Hey, what's up, Rob? That was another awesome BX deep dive that you and Jeff did. What I found really interesting, and in that it sort of ties in with your, you know, your new mission to go through and watch recent videos about what's popular now, is there's no X to no descriptions of the environment in there at all. Like it's a plain staircase, a plain hallway plain looking goblins like a plain room the stone is discolored but discolored from what like you know nowadays everyone talk dm advice is all about you know use all five of your senses to describe stuff and you know be really descriptive and it builds immersion and all that and i just found it interesting that there's almost none of that in there so that was just what i took away anyway great stuff peace out
0: Hey Joe, thanks for the call and the great insight there. You are correct. There's very little in the way of uh description in this example of play. And while part of it might be just the constraints of page count and whatnot, and not wanting to uh you know, take up too much space with this example of play, it might be an indication of how the game was played before. It's It's a shame that, to my knowledge, you know, there aren't any recorded actual plays from, you know, the 70s or the early 80s or something like that. Um, If anyone does know of something like that, please let me know because I'd love to hear it. I wish, I've said before, I wish there were uh, some kind of recording or something of how my group of friends played the game back in. Our teens and maybe even early twenties, and it'll be interesting to see what people think of the the actual plays of today in the last you know five years or however long they've been prevalent on YouTube and podcasts and stuff. Um, what in twenty thirty years people think of those if you know people are still playing tabletop role playing games, maybe it'll all be virtual reality by then. And, uh, and there won't really be, like, pen and pencil or pen and paper um, role-playing games. I don't know. But it will be interesting to see if people look back on it and say, well, wow, you know, critical role. Did people play like that? Or will they realize that's more just entertainment and not so much an actual play? Um, anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting sidetracked here. But the the example of play that I read, uh, yeah, there aren't any, like, descriptions of color. There aren't any descriptions of the door or the the walls of the room, or like you said, the, the discoloring that Silverly finds when he finds a secret door. It's, it's not that, or Fred, I can't remember who found it. It's not so much that they, the DM said, it's a secret door, it's that they found something odd. Now, Moldvay does, in that one section, kind of go the one uh, area on page B-53. I don't know, I'm sorry, B-52. The DM should be careful not to use too much nor too little detail. Some detail will help the players imagine the areas that they are exploring, but too much detail is often just boring. I think that's true. I think I think you—it it is a fine line. You want to give enough detail for the players to really kind of ground themselves. You want to give them hints and foreshadowing of what might be in the next room or around the corner or down the corridor and filling in things like little flares of cobwebs or smoke-blackened walls or debris or, you know, pieces of bone or a corpse, cast-aside equipment. I mean markings perhaps from uh, a predator marking their territory or something or rubbing up against a wall like a bear or something that can all not only fill in details to help the players kind of imagine but can also give them meaningful clues to try and decipher and help separate you know good play or informed play from just random choices. If you haven't listened to blogs on tape, I I'd, I'd give those some of those episodes a listen. There's one in particular um, called How to Never Describe a Dungeon by Diogo Niguera. and that's a really good little f- like 4 minute snapshot into a like a philosophy of description and stuff. And he's kind of talking about that, where you don't just say it's a 10 by 10 foot room with a door on the north wall and uh, and leave it there for an empty room. I mean, you can, but that's how you make dungeons really boring. And that's how you make players kind of just fall asleep or start looking at other stuff on the, on the web and uh, just kind of get out of the game. But on the other hand, if you gave a three-minute monologue on the description of an empty room, I think that would have the same impact, or the same effect, I should say. So it's really, like I said, a fine line, I think. And you you have to read the room and see what the players, you know, are they on the edge of their seat? Are they bored? Um, It's all a lot harder to do online now. (laughs) Um, But... That brings me to a couple other points, I think. First, I always hesitate to give too much description in part because I don't want to ruin what the player's imagining in their mind's eye. Because it's much like reading a book and then seeing a movie later on and saying, well, that's not at all how I pictured that character or the scene or whatever. It was a lot more interesting in my imagination. Um I think sometimes the players filling in the blanks um, does a better job at at grounding them or immersing them, whatever you want to call it, in the game than what you could describe. That I guess balanced by the fact that everyone having a common understanding of what's important in the in the game, having a, the same. Ideas, and the same, you know, um, reality of what's in the room and what's meaningful in the room uh, to the adventurers. I think is important, but but giving too much, I think, can a look can potentially stifle the imagination of the players. But the more important thing I want to get to is the idea of players asking questions. I think it's incumbent upon the players to ask the DM questions if, if they just want more information about a specific item or aspect of a room or hallway or feature in the room or monsters or whatever. Um, and it's in, un, incumbent upon the DM to give them a fair and detailed response uh, and be generous with the information uh, to the point of maybe overloading them with information, if you can. But if the players if the players ask the questions, you should give them answers. And the players should be asking questions. I think too often uh, questions go unasked, and and then the players maybe die or something or get in some bad situation. And, well, I didn't know that was the case. Well, you, you know. Uh, you should have been asking some questions if it wasn't clear to you what the actual situation was. Or, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> my advice is give give um, enough detail, not too much, and then create an atmosphere in the game where the players um, not only feel like their questions are going to be answered in good spirit, but just tell them before the game that you should really be asking a lot of questions um, because I'm not going to just, like, give some blanket statement, or not blanket statement, I'm not going to give some, like, exhaustive detail here. So, anyway, that's my two cents. Um, If you guys have any ideas of describing things in dungeons and wildernesses describing npcs treasures and magic items and traps i mean it's that's it's a whole almost like a a whole topic of play that is vital i mean especially when you're not using things like battle maps um floor plans online like a a virtual tabletop If it is all in the mind's eye, then you really have to, to focus in on that. And the players really need to ask a lot of questions when they're not sure of the environment that's around them. So until I talk to you again, have a great new year. It's got to be better than 2020, right? I mean, (laughs) I can imagine things could be worse. But this was a bad year for a lot of people. And uh, my heart goes out to anyone that's lost someone to the pandemic. Um, I think we got some, still have tough times ahead. I feel like the pandemic's kind of closing in again because friends and other podcasters and whatnot. I mean, I, I know there's people out there that have family members that have come down with the COVID-19 and now there's this new strain that's more contagious and um, I find myself wondering, well, maybe I have some kind of immunity left from my bout with it, the waning immunity, but does that cover you against these new mutations of the strain? Yeah. Anyway, it's like I said it's it's got to be better in the springtime. Come on, vaccines, everyone keep keep vigilant, um, stay focused, don't lose sight of the prize when it's so close now. So stay healthy, be happy, and don't go down in a heap.